Hey everybody, welcome to my podcast called Hey World with Ross Livermore, yours truly, that's me. Uh, thanks again for tuning in to episode 34. This podcast is officially the exact same age as me, 34 years old. I can't even believe it. Um, I don't know what's harder, more hard, harder to believe <laughs> that I'm actually a 34 year old man, or I have a podcast that has 34 episodes. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I wanted to say a special thank you to um, everyone that came out to the Cambria Hotel, the True Music Room on Saturday. It was a great show. Um, just it was it was awesome. Great crowd. Um, the band sounded awesome. Emily Chambers kicked ass. I know Drew Dixon played really well too. I had to miss his set because we had an earlier corporate gig in um, uh, the evening before we went over there, um, which I'll I'll tell you all about. But uh, I'm sure Drew killed it as well. And the staff there at True Music Room is great. So thank you to everyone who came out. Thanks to everyone who worked. And um, it was great. This Saturday... This Friday and Saturday, Opus, Salem, be there if you're on the North Shore or anywhere in New England and feel like traveling. It's going to be incredible. Um, just kind of mapped out the sets yesterday, so I'm really, uh, I'm just so excited. I'm so pumped to play music with Paul and Phil again. Um, so yeah, December 14th, 15th is Friday and Saturday. Uh, be there at Opus. It's going to be great. Um, hey World, the playlist on Spotify. Check it out. I just updated it with some new music. Uh, your Dude Stoked on Instagram. As always, check that out. I am wearing my Dude Stoked beanie or toboggan hat, as I've learned recently. Um, and uh, RossLivermore.com for all the dates. And of course, uh, check out This Is Not Forever, our last album, which is going to officially turn... Um, one year old, I think, in a couple days. The 15th? Anyway, doesn't even matter. Anyway, check it out. Thank you. Hey World, the podcast, episode 34. Let's do it. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another riveting episode of my podcast, Hey World. Um, low network connection. I don't know what that means. I know I did put a setting on my uh, social media, on my phone, that only allows me one hour of usage on my social media. So every time I... Uh, use it too much then I'll like after the hours over I'll go to Twitter or Instagram and it's like you've reached your time limit you can just ignore it but if I have any self-discipline in my life which I'd like to think that I have a little bit um I know that after that hour it's like I don't need to go on social media anymore I think one hour per day is probably the perfect amount if not uh too much Anyway, uh, welcome to the podcast again. Um, we I have a feeling that we might have a special guest. I'm pretty sure Emma just got home from school, and she doesn't know that I'm recording this podcast. So I think she's going to be on it. Anyway, um, first off, I want to say 
big uh, good luck to anyone who is nominated for the Boston Music Awards that are tonight. I don't know anyone that actually is. I, other than Annie Brobst. I think Annie Brobst is nominated, but I'm not actually going to look. Twenty eighteen Boston Music Awards um nominee list. Let me see if I know anyone on here. Ripe for Artist of the Year. Ballroom Thieves. That's cool. Unsigned Artist of the Year. Allie McGurk, I know of her. Who else is on here? That uh Ruby Rose Fox, classic, legend in the Boston music scene, ripe again. Music video of the year. I don't know anyone. Song of the year. I've only been gone. Actually, Americana, I know a good amount. Session Americana. Haley Jane. Tiger Man Woe. Tiger Man Woe. Classic. Annie Bropes right there. Country artist of the year. Um, yeah, Tiger Man Woe. Adam, their drummer, went to, our, went to high school with... Me and Paul and uh, they were in the marching band together. I did one year of marching band. And actually, I played trumpet that year because I was just like, all my friends are in marching band. I should probably do it. And I was I picked up the trumpet and like had the kid who sat next to me it during the rehearsals just kind of like write out the fingerings for me because like I couldn't read music for, for uh, a brass instrument or really at all. <clears throat> so... I ended up learning how to play all of the songs and I did it for one year and the next year I quit because I was just like, I don't, I don't really know why. Um, but that was the one year that the marching band went to Disney world and, uh, uh yeah, it, it sucked. Oh, I hear Emma. Um, whatever. Anyway. Uh, good luck to everyone who is nominated for the Boston Music Awards tonight. Um, it's going to be great. And uh, good luck to everybody. So, Saturday night, I played with the full band at the True Music Room at the Cambria Hotel. And man, it was great. <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse me, everybody. Um, it has been... Oh, no. Ignore the time limit. Ignore the time limit for today. See, that's what happened. Okay, welcome back to the live feed. Um, that shows you. I already used social media for an hour on my phone, and it's 3 o'clock here, 4 o'clock Eastern. So, like, I would have all night. It, it, that would be at least another hour and a half, two hours. It's like three hours of social media, and, like, I don't, I don't need it. No one needs that much because it just makes me depressed, makes me anxious. Um, anyway, Saturday. Yeah, sorry. Saturday night, True Music Room, Cambria Hotel. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had, uh, booked this show at the local here in Nashville. And <laughs> that's another notification saying, you've spent 30 minutes. I have it set on Instagram for 30 minutes. And then I have it set on my phone for an hour. Um, cause I'm a psycho and I need, uh, I need to, I need, I need, something's got to change. <laughs> um, so I booked a show December 8th at the local 
in Nashville because I wanted to do one more original show before uh, the year was over. Um, and especially around this time of year, as you get closer to the holidays, as we learned or I learned last year when we tried to play our Boston City release party on December 23rd, two days before Christmas, there was an ice storm and no one came. Randy Sacco in the house on the Instagram feed. Hey, dude, I'm coming home tomorrow. Let's hang out. I'll pop by the garage. Um, so yeah, I booked the show and there was an artist here, a songwriter um, who had passed away and the owner of the local asked if um, they could take the night, December 8th, uh, for, for a benefit show. Um, so obviously I said yes, even though I already had a book. So I, was, I contacted True Music Room and I wanted to keep that specific night. Yeah. Okay. Hey. I'm I'm doing the podcast. Oh, damn it. All right. You want to say hey? No, not really. What's going on? I have something I want to show you, but I don't want it to be on film. It's not weird. We don't use film anymore. It's all digital. <laughs> it's just something, but I'll, I'll tell you later. Since you're, you're live, and I don't know how many viewers you're getting. I probably like one, two. I know Randy Sacco's viewing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. It's going to be good. All right, Tina, what's the All right Emma has has the scoop on something good for me. <laughs> um anyway, so uh True Music Room had the day had the day available. <clears throat> and then anytime you play after like that first weekend in December, it's like no one's going to come because everyone has plans, everyone has Christmas parties to go to and and just things happening in the month. So I was like unless I can do it on December 8th, like I can't uh do another date because it just won't make sense. So luckily, um, they had that night available, and we just moved the whole show over to that venue, which worked out great. Um, but what happened was, I've been playing at a, a venue here in Nashville called Old Red, and they booked me for a lot of like their private events and corporate events, and it's honestly been great. Like the staff is good, the, the just they're they're organized. It's always we always get paid on time. It's just it's just a great situation. Um, so we got this really good corporate event on December eighth. I was like, shit, like I already have this original date and I don't want to change it. And, um, it's just, it'll, it'll be a good show, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I talked to Lee who booked me on the original show and told him the situation. I was like, I can get two other bands to play first. The corporate event was seven to nine 30. Am I on the phone? I'm talking on to myself alone on the internet yeah i know it is weird <laughs> um so uh anyway the corporate event was 7 to 9 30 we had the venue booked from 8 30 to 11 30 and old red is right near true music room so luckily i could do both so what i had to do was like Go to the venue, the original. Go to True Music Room. Drop off all my electric equipment, like my amp, guitars, all the merch. Uber over from True Music Room to this to Old Red with my acoustic. Do the corporate event, and then Hinky, who played bass with me on um, the Old Red event, also played for the original set. And we actually didn't get a chance to rehearse, but he killed it either way. So we finished that up, hopped in an Uber, went back to the venue, set our gear up got there with like a half an hour to spare. 
I was kind of stressed out, but it ended up working out. Um, but anyway, Drew Dixon, who I mentioned in the last podcast, opened up the show. And he, uh, from what I heard, killed it. I'm sure he did. I missed his set. And then I got to see like the last four songs that Emily Chambers did. And she's great. Brandon, her, her boyfriend, drummer, kind of like second in, second in command. He's just great guy. And like their band is, is badass. I was totally geeking out with our guitarist um, about amps because I have the new amp. And uh, he was playing a Supra, which was kind of like on the list, on the short list of amps that I kind of wanted to look into. Um, anyway, but it was just great. Like I, we got a chance to rehearse. The band was myself, Russ Gardner, who's been playing drums with me here and the Hamilton brothers, Teron Hamilton and Hinky Hamilton. And like Hinky has been doing a lot of shows. He plays bass. I'm doing a lot of like cover gigs with me here in the last couple months. And then Teron's been doing some of the original shows. So they, uh, those are just two guys that like, they're, they're, it's a musical family, and it's anytime I have the opportunity to play music with those guys, I uh, I consider myself a very lucky man. But yeah, it was great. There was like some weird musical moments in there, but it wasn't anything that like a couple rehearsals wouldn't fix. You know what I mean? Just like new songs, feeling comfortable and confident with the songs. Um, and yeah, it's it was good though. It just like the energy was good. I feel like now that I'm full-time playing, my confidence level on stage is better than it's ever been. Because I remember before I left Zanies, all I was doing was hotel gigs three, four times a month for passive listeners. And I think I've talked about this before, but it's just like, it was screwing me, screwing with me in a way that like anytime I would perform original music at a venue I, I, w- I wouldn't really know like how to perform to an audience of people who are actually listening to the music because I was so used to playing for like passive listeners all the time passers-by as they say um, and I knew this was one of the reasons why I had to leave my job and just be like all right I'm doing full-time and I, I'm gonna make it work because um, it just it my performance level was going down the first time i really noticed it actually was the last time we were at Atatash, and that was over the summer i think in july and i remember performing on that specific day and it was a weird day because we were outside it was raining we were kind of like getting rained out a lot of the audience had left but i remember performing that day with paul and phil on the outdoor stage at Atatash, like just feeling like super uncomfortable up there like I'm like I don't know what to say I don't know what to do with my hands I don't know like how to it's like I forgot how to perform and I think during that time I was considering leaving my job but I just remember like that specific performance being like very uncomfortable uh for me and I'm glad in these last like whatever couple months I've I've been able to really get enough stage time to uh to start to feel comfortable and confident again on stage because sometimes like i i know like i had a i have a friend named nick Geratani who was a bit of a mentor to me and he made a post on facebook recently talking about how um he performed solo recently he actually moved to japan um 
and he performed solo and how he made this post about how he had so much respect after doing that for people who performed solo and he like tagged me and Nick and Sony and I forget who else. Um, I for, there was one other person. Anyway, I, one of the things I mentioned, I'm just like, yeah, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's really cool, but a lot of times the banter is off and you just want to blow your brains out because you just can't land anything and all your stories are awful and you're, you're stuttering and I don't know. Part of the reason why I do the podcast so I can have a weekly practice of my banter in a live setting on the internet. <clears throat> but yeah, he, uh, he mentioned that and I've noticed that since I've been performing more, obviously I've been more confident on stage, especially during my original shows. Because I feel like now, like this year, especially I started to feel like I, my, my solo 45 minute set, um, was good. It's, I feel like it's in a good place. Um, but any more than that can just get, especially for a solo guy who isn't really doing any looping. Um, it can get, it can get a bit monotonous, but now this last Saturday at the true music room, I felt like the songs from older recordings and mixed with a lot of the new stuff is making just a really good hour set. And I think, um, I was making the set list for this Opus two night run. And I was just like, I was really excited because there were so many options now. It's like there's enough songs now to play and they're like good enough to be in a set and you can do two different sets on two different nights back to back and still feel confident, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm actually, I'm just really excited about where the original songs are now and uh, where the performances are now just because I'm doing it so much. Um, I hear comedians talk about it all the time. They're just like stage time. Just keep it sharp, you know? Um, and I think that's the same thing with musicians, but musicians, it's weird because if you're not touring, like you can't, you can't just like play original sets every night. You know, you could do like a songwriter round, but even then, like you're still playing the same song. So I think playing cover songs has really, uh, made it's, it, it's just made my original sets so much better because like I can constantly like two, three, four times a week be working on the performance chops. And then once I do, once I play my actual songs, uh, take that confidence into it. So I'm really excited. And that's why I am excited for this week because it's Salem week and I'm going home tomorrow. Paul's picking me up at the airport. We're rehearsing tomorrow night. And then we have two shows at Opus and I am so pumped because it's a great, venue it's like the basement venue it's small it's going to be intimate um no pressure every time i go home to boston and play we always try to play in boston it's always around the holidays and it's tough to get people into the city coming from the north shore uh especially with the threat of bad weather so we're doing two nights in a small venue if there's christmas parties or any type of occasion we're playing late and there's two nights that you can come see us so I'm so excited for that. It'll be great. And <clears throat> just playing with Paul and Phil again, I'm just, I can't express to you how excited I am 
to do that because I've lived here now for three years and I play with a lot of great people here, but it's just not, it's not the same, you know? You build this bond with these guys that you've played with for years. I mean, for Paul, it's been my whole musical life. And uh, I could live here, I think, for like 10, 20, 30 years and maybe, and most likely never find people who I enjoy playing with more than those two guys. So I'm so excited for that. And we get to play a bunch of the new songs, um, which is, uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to play the new songs. I just finished the business plan for next year. This is the first day I wrote up a business plan, and uh, it's 15 pages. Crazy. I have, like, mapped out the dates of where, uh, what, when we're going to release each song and the concept for the videos and, like, what my last year's income was and what I'm projecting for next year. It's really, it was actually, like, it's, it was, it took me, like, two to three weeks and it's kind of nerdy, but in a way seeing it all, seeing like the year, uh, Dan Urko, what's happening, dude. I've talked about you actually a bunch on the podcast with, uh, if you're listening and you're not watching, uh, Facebook or Instagram, follow 26 Dan to my friend, Dan Urka. Uh, I've known him my whole life, marathon training, running. It's a very inspiring, uh, Instagram page. And it definitely keeps me, keeps me running, keep, kicks my ass into gear every time i'm like oh, i don't feel like running today i'll just go on instagram and i'm sure dan's ran like 10 miles way faster than i could ever do it <laughs> so keep killing it dude um but yeah the, it's it's weird when you just like write out your yearly income and where it all goes and like what your projections are for next year if you because like what happened was i this year, I am going to be doing 80, it, it looks like 85 performances, including the stuff I haven't done that's already scheduled for the end of this month. And um, between the months January and through September, I did like 42 or something like that. And then between October and December, it was like another 40. So I pretty much like doubled the amount of, or more than doubled the amount of performances. So that looks like if I just stay on that pace next year, will be like 170 and, uh, just like formulating your projected income based on like your growth in those months. It was like, actually like really, uh, it was really interesting to see. Hey, you, uh, am I coming back to evening muse in Charlotte? I am at the beginning of next year, I was actually just wearing my evening muse t-shirt. Um, but I changed for the podcast. I don't know why. Definitely overthinking it, <laughs> but yeah, I, I should be coming back uh, to Charlotte in uh, hopefully February. Um, the evening muse is definitely one of the coolest venues I played. And I actually played there with Ryan Moplu, who, uh, was, just great. I've followed him my whole life. Not my whole life. Since high school. He was a sub. Actually, speaking of substitute teachers in high school, I just saw at Zany's Gary Gullman. I don't know if you guys know who he is. He is a comedian that 
I think it was the third season of um, Last Comic Standing. He came in third. And I wonder who was on that year. I think Corey Holcomb. Let me look. <clears throat> Let me see. Go on the old... Wi Have you guys noticed like on Wikipedia... They're asking for money now. Elimination chart. Season three. It looks like he came in third on season three. Yeah, every time I go to Wikipedia now, it's like, I've noticed that you've gone to Wikipedia a good amount. Uh, you should uh, donate money. I'm like, no. Nah. I don't think I'm going to donate any money to you, Wikipedia, because I don't need it that bad, even though I actually go to that site enough. But anyway, Gary Gullman, I went to see him at Zany's, and uh, Ryan DuPont, who plays with Andy Bropes, he was in Pimp and the Chimps, one of my earlier uh, cover bands, I think the earliest cover band I was in, cut my teeth with them. It was me, Paul, Ryan DuPont, and Jeff Rachel. Anyway, Ryan went to high school with Gary, and I had Gary Gullman also as a substitute teacher in high school. Um, so we went to see him and Ryan hit him up. He put us on the guest list. I went with Emma and I went up to say, Hey, and I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm friends with Ryan DuPont. Um, and I had you as a substitute teacher and he's like, Oh yeah, Ross with the fancy shoes. <laughs> I'm like the fancy shoes. And I'm like, I, cause I used to, when I was a freshman, I had a pair of wingtips, like Doc Martin, like black and white wingtips. Cause Brian Setzer orchestra came out that year and like swing music was really big. So he's like, yeah, Ross, with the fancy shoes. Your mom was a hairdresser. And I was like, I can't believe you remember me. So that was a nice little story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I shouldn't have been wearing low-top shoes all those years. I got weak ankles, you know? <laughs> but he was great. Um, just really funny, really dry. He was ripping on the weird paintings on the wall at Zany's. I don't know if you've ever been, but... It's a funny old like 80s comedy club with just headshots all over the walls. Um, but yeah, he was great. Super funny. Um, but yeah, I feel like in a way I've learned more by watching the careers of former substitute teachers of mine than I did ever from the actual teachers in school. Because it's like Gary Gullman went on to, I mean, he's been on a ton of late night shows and then Mont Blue has had like a great career, which I actually literally just got an email from his uh, mailing list. But it's crazy. The North Shore is a special place. I love living in Nashville, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of times that I miss it up there, man. And it's Salem week, and I'm going back, and we're playing at Opus, and it's gonna be great. It's it's wild. I was mentioning Pip of the Chimps. Those were some of like the first. My first gig performing solo, it wasn't even a gig, it was an open mic, it was at the Pickled Onion in Beverly, and uh, I remember going there, knowing I was going to do the open mic, and my brother and his wife, Janelle, at the time, um, came, and I got there like, it was like 5 o'clock, the open mic didn't even start till 8, and they ate dinner, and I couldn't even eat. I was so nervous. And I had already been performing because I was in Break for Moose. So we had like done 
performances. This wasn't the first time I've ever played, but it was the first time I had really ever played guitar and sang songs that I had written. And I remember just being petrified. Um, and looking back, I know it was just a loud bar and no one listened, but like, it was crazy. And some of like, I mean, just countless memories of performing and like cutting my teeth there with like Pimp and the Chimps at all those dates at the Pickled Onion and like Captain Carlos up in Gloucester, which apparently I've heard is not as crazy as it, as it once was. I remember playing there. It was just like, if you got a nice night in the summertime, man, Captain Carlos was insane. It was crazy. Now, apparently mile marker one is the place up there, but I haven't been to Gloucester in so long. And then like, <clears throat> there was so many phases, like the pimp and the chimps phase, the early RLP phase, living at uh, 3HP. We we had like the band house, you know, the band lived in the house. We would play right down the street, have all the post-show parties, and then like playing at Vicks. And then when Phil joined the band, we would do those cruises, rent out the Hannah Glover. Phil's first gig with us. <laughs> I met Phil... Because we did a show um, at, I forget the name of the bar. It was like some bar near Fenway. And um, man, I forget what it was, but there was some band. I remember, I forget the band's name. I don't really remember too much about it other than when I met Phil. It was like, Dreamweaver, I believe you can get me through the night. But uh, <laughs> for any Wayne's World fans out there. Um, so we played, and I remember this band that was from New York, and they had a manager. It was this girl, and she was super annoying. She's like, "Hey, you want you want to play? You want to play? Yeah, how, how many? What's your draw? What's your draw in Boston? You want to play? We we get to trade shows." And I was just like, "Fine, we'll we'll play with you guys." And I remember they might have brought out this New York band, probably brought like 60, 70 people, and we brought zero, maybe five tops. We like had a terrible draw that night, but we were like the headliner, and then. Oh, man, what the hell was Phil's band's name at the time? Grassroot. Phil was playing in a band called Grassroot. So we said yes to the show. Grassroot opened. This New York band played in the middle. And then me, uh, the RLB at the time, which was me, Paul Biscuit, and uh, Neil played last. And I remember watching Grassroot. And that was the first time I ever saw Phil play. And I went up to him after. I was like, I love your playing. We need to jam. Um, and I got his number and was like, hey, man, you know, like we do this annual cruise every year. Uh, do you want to do it? It's it's going to be it was I, I, it was like our second cruise that we did. And it was the party of all, it was called the party of all time. And what we did was had a uh, everyone dressed up as like any time period you wanted and we made this like shitty ass spin wheel and had like 1900 1910 1920 all around the wheel so we'd have people on in the audience go up and spin it and every time it landed on a decade we would play a song from that decade so we learned like 10 songs one from each and we were like yeah we're gonna do this thing it's called the party of all time and we're all gonna dress up as braveheart and uh, can you, or I know it's weird. Can you do it? 
And he was like, sure. So we didn't even rehearse with Phil. We were just like, we're doing this party. Dress as Braveheart. Here are the songs. We're going to have a spin wheel. And Phil showed up, literally dressed as the exact same. Like, you can go as Braveheart, like, nice. You could probably get, like, nice leather, like a nice thing and, like, a good kilt and good blue paint. Or you can just do it shitty like us. So you just, like, make, like, togas out of sheets and then have, like, crappy paint. And Phil dressed exactly like us. We all had like the shittiest Braveheart costumes and Phil just showed up. He's like, this is cool. Do I look all right? And he played the gig and completely killed it. And uh, the rest was history. I think after that, he might've done Sugarloaf with us, which was probably the following winter. And then we were like, oh, you want to be in the band? And then the rest is history. Um, Man. It's crazy. There was like the post-fill and pre-fill RLB, I think. And then Paul's been through all of it. Like I posted a picture recently of, of my first solo EP called To Life, which was recorded by Jesse Cimentaro, who's playing with us on Saturday. And uh, it's I always kind of hated the picture on the front, but it was like, it was wild. That, that came out 10 years ago. The amount of stuff that has changed in this like new newest chapter. I mean, newest for me where it's like there was break for moose, which was like the rock heavy days. And then there was uh like the, the solo project days and uh, <clears throat> man, it's been a long, it has been a long uh, journey, but that's the point. And it's fun. It's led me to live in Nashville, which every time I like, sometimes I think about it, I'm just, how am I here? I'm like a resident of Tennessee. It's, it's nuts, but I don't know where we came from and everything that led up to this point is, uh, <clears throat> it's looking back. It's been a hell of a ride and I know I'm sounding like it's over, but it's, it's far from over. It's hardly over. Um, and next year, we're going to release all this music, and it's just going to be, uh, I can't wait. I don't know. It's just fun. I can't wait. I literally am so excited to play at uh, at Opus uh, Friday and Saturday. Um, <laughs> that is a deer on the wall. <laughs> I didn't, so Ellen Dumas told me to decorate it for Christmas, and I actually uh, clearly did not decorate the deer. I don't have any Christmas lights. <laughs> yeah, bring it. I don't know. I'd need to get a nice traveling case for the deer. The chandelier deer. Yeah, I couldn't just take it. I couldn't just take it on the plane. Like buy it a seat, you know? <laughs> I miss you too. Come out Friday or Saturday. Opus. But anyway, I think that's the podcast. Thank you guys once again for tuning in to Hey World, my podcast. As always, you can check out rosslivermore.com for all the dates, the Hate World playlist, your dude soaked on Instagram. And uh, before the next podcast, our album, This Is Not Forever, will have turned one year old. So stream it, share it. We're going to play pretty much every song this weekend. And uh, 
Let's grow this thing together. What do you say? Thank you guys for tuning in. And if you're listening in Massachusetts, I'll see you this weekend. All right. Paula. I'll see you guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>